Hey guys, welcome. Hi. Episode 9, Keen on Things podcast. Tres meses más. Three more months. Three more months quarantine here in California. We're on lockdown. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Thank you. Man, I love doing this. I love doing this podcast thing. It's my favorite thing. I like it doing better than stand-up. I like it doing better than stand-up. I like it doing better than speaking English. It feels right. You know, I don't know if I feel right when I'm on stage doing stand-up. Happy to do it. Um, I don't like when I'm not connecting with an audience, which is more often than not. And uh, we're not getting each other. I don't know. They're looking for something else. I'm looking for another audience. And uh, anyway, this feels more intimate and real. And I'm not very real when I'm on stage. You know, it's jokes. As the uh, former manager, John McDonald, my former manager, said, why don't you just put your jokes in print and post them on the back wall, the brick wall at the comedy club there, and let people come up and read them? Because there's not a lot of uh, my voice in some of them. Anyway, we were kidding around, but some accuracy there. Uh, when I write stand-up, I don't necessarily write for a drunk crowd, you know, or even a crowd that's drinking. I write for a group of people who, a group of people or just one person who's really locked in to share a real experience. Like my experience with stand-up going in was the clips, the interstitials on the Seinfeld show. And I was like, oh, cool. If that's what crowds are like, I can, I love doing this kind of intelligent, smaller group. And then it got blown out. Stand-up turned into something different, but you know, something to share real time, but, but I don't know what it is now. Um, like watching the show Seinfeld, even from a viewer perspective, I didn't get with a group of people and get drunk to watch the episodes. I usually, I wanted to connect, you know, and be connected. When you watch television, you're not usually doing it with a group of people and alcohol, you know, you're doing it by yourself or with your loved one or with your loved ones, family and uh smaller group, you know, the Sam Kennison thing and uh, these other big the Steve Martin thing and maybe Dane Cookish. I don't know. That's a whole different different vibe. Uh, but I always wanted to hear and process and have some stuff that made you think a little, even though Dana Carvey was always fun, you know. But Robin Williams was probably, you could probably gather. George Carlin, I don't know. Anyway, um... Maybe to watch Animal House, right? You gather. What am I talking about? Uh, but that's where stand-up is gone, man. It's gone to these giant alcohol houses. And uh, until you're on following or a club that actually does it right, there are some out there. Minneapolis and Madison have it right. Acme and Comedy on State. But anyway, I like the format. I like the uh, this podcast format. I can't see out of my eye because I was working all day yesterday and at night i was a little sunburned after the shower so i put some aloe vera on and i got aloe vera in my right eye and so it's been driving me crazy all night and uh i've tried to cry it out and i've tried to wash it out and it's burning and it's sensitive to light so i've got it kind of covered up with a bandana here and uh, it's messing with me um so yeah, I love the podcast. I know my style is very boring for the listener, not to have, especially not to have a guest. But it throws me to have someone, and I try to empath and make sure they're overly comfortable, and I adjust to them being here. But this, I can really talk about what I want. 
uh, and I can get real with it, you know. You ever want to get real with someone? Um, God, this episode's still going on. How do I get to absurd nothingness so fast? Like, it's an art form, how fast I can bore a listener. It really is something special. Some uh, corrections from previous episodes. I was talking in the early episode, I think one or two. Um, this is episode nine, by the way. I was talking about, uh, like, I've been doing this for years. What an idiot. In the early episodes, one and two, I was talking about Ozark and how it took place in uh, Arkansas, Missouri. It takes place in Missouri. I, I didn't realize that. As my St. Louis uh, resident friend, pal, Kevin Fleming, texted me from listening to these. Ozark Mountains are in Arkansas. Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri, TV show filmed in Georgia. <laughs> anyway, um, a few things from last episode. I talked about Tony Hernandez getting bullied as a kid and how um, that kid is a smaller person now, and Tony's obviously a Hall of Fame football player, but how it still stays in your head. And it doesn't matter that he's like a you know Hall of Famer, probably the best tight end ever to play the game, but he still has those feelings of being bullied as a boy and still has a little weird fear of that person when he sees him, even though he could squash him. Anyway, I failed to mention that uh, he spoke at a friend of mine's wedding, Jesus, funeral a couple years ago, Nate Chittick's funeral. I think it's been two and a half years. And he played football with Nate and Tony and Jeff Saturday and Chris Keldorf, the big three. They all spoke at Nate's wedding, and it was crazy beautiful, man. It was weird. A young, talented, beautiful man died so young. Uh, Kelsey and his wife, now widow. Um, two kids, amazing kids, amazing family, and great woman and mother. And uh, she does comedy, and now she uh, does motivational speaking and speaks to people, and it's really helpful because she needs to get it out, what she's gone through. He died of a heart attack, young age. They're younger than me, I think. At the time, he was in his early 40s. But, uh, God, it's been two or three years. Um, so, yeah, she talks, She speaks to groups and stresses that she's not broken. You know, isn't that interesting? Like, things don't go wrong. They just go. So many people would hold on to the pain, and it's okay to do that a little bit, instead of keeping it in check and continuing to live, you know. They'd hold, hold on to it as an excuse to be broken. And later in this episode, I'm going to talk about the exact opposite about holding on to my pain from a former girlfriend. So anyway, but she, she's like, you know, I'm not going to, you can't let these things dictate your life. I'm not broken. Otherwise, you can, everyone's going to find an excuse. To, I'm broken. I'm broken. I mean, life eventually gets all of us, right? Wow. Fascinating. Um, like I get down about my older brother being mentally disabled. Meanwhile, he's busy living. You know, he's like, I'm not background for your story, man. Like, get busy living, get busy dying. You know, don't get hung up. Don't make this your life. Anyway, uh, Nate and Kelsey and Chris all went to uh, UNC where they met other UNCers, Tar Heels, namely Michael Jordan. Boom. Full circle. So, yeah, the doc finally concluded last night. Real reason Phil Jackson replaced Doug Collins. It was Chicago. Phil had a mustache and Doug did not. It's that simple. Okay. Everyone's like, why didn't you replace him? Because Jordan really liked Collins. Um, but it's the uh, it's the mustache that goes a long way in Chicago. Um, so, anyway, three more months. Is anyone even abiding? I don't like 
We're partially open. We're kind of not. Masks, optional. Is anyone a Biden supporter? No. Biden doesn't have supporters. It's just Trump and non-Trump. That's what the election's going to be. Anyway, I guess a lot of um, of non-essential retail places and such um, are back. But a lot of people are back on the freeways of love, for sure. There's traffic a little bit here and there. There's some road rage. Don't know if Bernie got paid off or threatened in a cease and desist uh, order or was just so concerned about being responsible for possibly Trump getting reelected that he didn't want to risk it. I don't know. Either way, good run, I guess. I don't know. Um, Gnome came out and said Bernie's uh, run was a huge awakening. Agreed. Nobody is... uh, for stopping the wars or even addressing the prison industrial complex. He called out Netanyahu and Putin on national TV in like the same kind of, uh, what was that debate that they had? But uh, saying the federal government doesn't give a shit about black people was great. He said that. Uh, yeah, I mean, if including big business doesn't give a shit about anyone, <laughs> but especially black people, I don't know. If you're poor, regardless of your race, you're screwed, right? And as a minority, extra screwed, right? Um, if country agreed to have a different president, oh, if if this year we agreed to have a different president, but we had to be, he had to be a Republican, would we just take it? I would. I mean, I'm independent, but would the Dems take it? I don't know. Like if or if they said, hey, we'll take Trump out, we can't, we're not gonna elect a Dem, but we'll take Trump out, and in his place, we'll put Romney or Crenshaw, would the Dems allow it? I'd say, take the deal, Sonny. Why wouldn't Republicans be cool with Cuomo, possibly? Okay, that's interesting. Just keeping everyone as calm as possible without major promises. Yeah, that's what he's been able to do, is just take it day to day. Let's see if it can last, because two months now, every day. But uh, people seem to leave, like him. Mean, he looks good on camera, and that's all that matters in America. I'm right between what to believe, man. Access to the beach in Brentwood and Santa Monica, I want it because I take my bike out there. At the same time, I don't want it spread. I don't want it near schools and children. Um, but I want to be out there on the bike. And obviously all over Orange County, and then you go up to uh, Pacific Palisades. There's spots that you can go in the water on the beaches, in the air, on the land, but uh, still need a lockdown. It's, you know, in some capacity, I suppose, right? Weird, weird discrimination. Uh, Obama gave a commencement speech, which is really good, seven minutes, tight seven. He's going to be able to submit that clip to comedy clubs and uh, bookers, maybe get a late night spot, and he'll do really well, I think. So happy uh, happy for him. Good for him, man. He's doing well. Um, sorry. So three more months puts us into mid-August, which is just a lovely time all over this country. But California will be nice. It'll be a hundred and, uh, you know, sweltering heat. People will be going berserk. It will be beautiful. There will be murders. Things will get out of control and people will die. It'll be hot and people will be in that ocean for show. Um, I confused Gavin Newsom with Gavin Pallone. Gavin Pallone 
when Gavin Newsom first came into like the spotlight, Gavin Pallone, who was a producer on the Gilmore Girls before I even got there, and uh, he repped Conan. He produced Curb Your Enthusiasm, big producer. And uh, that's what I thought was running for governor way back. And I was like, wow, this guy gets a lot done, man. He was a TV producer. Now he's in the politics, even though you can seemingly do that now. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, I like what uh, I like Newsom so far. What I know, he sounds intelligent wherever I hear him, whenever I hear him. I can't say that about a certain Agent Orange. Uh, Gavin's a good-looking guy. He was married before. He's on his second. I kind of like that. There's a wisdom of having mar- been married before. You know, a lot of I know a lot of people who are knocking a a second marriage out of the park. You know, they go through the first one. It's almost trial and error, and then they get married a second time, and they're great. They're great. They know what they want. They know what they don't want, and uh, just just crushing it. Even though I don't like that expression, it's overused. Uh, Gavin's smile reminds me of McConaughey's. My way off on that, like a Chris Collinsworth, like a big smile. Maybe email me confirmation or uh, or disagreement on that. My eye is killing me, you guys. I don't know if I can get through this. I might have to stop it and re-record. I wish I had an excuse for the other episodes being this boring. Um, yeah, if you have any suggestions, send them to me. I don't know. I've got to get some Visine or something. This is killing me. It's been killing me all night. Somehow I slept a little. Don't know how. But i uh, been driving Uber Eats, getting sunburned shoulders, even though I'm wearing a shirt inside a car. car has a roof. It's not a convertible. I take a shower at night after driving all day, and my shoulders are getting more freckly. What the fuck? Am I that pale? Is the roof of the car that cheap? Is it the reflection on the windshield? If so, it's getting to the shoulders. Talk to me, Goose. I hope we can present our case to God if need be when we die. You know? I don't know where that's coming from. I hope hope it's not all predetermined unless we get in for sure. Then I don't need to talk to him. Him? I don't know where that comes from, but you wonder. You're like... We have our lives, and does God go just off of our lives? Or does God go, all right, convince me? Because what if you were very good at convincing, but you didn't live the great life, and vice versa, you live this great life? I think some people go, he's just a pass, pass, go, go. Okay, you, convince me. So do we need to work on skills like that pre-death? I don't know where that comes from. It would be funny, though. What an interesting concept. God, if we need to convince God. And how are you going to trick God? There's an Uber driver in Tennessee that got assaulted and jumped out of a moving vehicle, and it tweaked her, man. She she looked rough, but she's a champion. She survived it. She got away from some guy. Your young girls, man, should not be driving Uber. Of course they can. It's their right. Of course, obviously, do as you please. But it's just not safe, man. Strangers, goof, goofy dudes that don't otherwise have access to young people, that don't get proximity-wise close to young girls, and then you throw them in a car together where she's forced to listen to them and ask stupid questions and maybe interrogate and maybe hit on her. And uh, oh, it's, it's weird. She can't do anything about it except drive that 20 minutes or that 45 minutes, maybe even some back roads. This girl was four and two, so that gave the guy maybe some more entitlement and bravado because it threw away that 
it made it mysterious or it threw away his inhibitions uh, of being raised on American women that probably rejected. I don't know. Thank God she got away and was smart enough to bail. Most of the time when a person's kidnapped, they do not let that person live and they take, they take them to a second place. And uh, you have to get away from a guy or a kidnapper um, before you get to that second place. You have to scream, kick, holler, run, run. So good for her. Uh, over the course of the year, I've had um, – okay, we're going to go break up now. Over the course of the last year, I've had to uh, have my friends tell me that my former girlfriend's going to be fine. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's surrounded by loved ones and friends. Um, I needed – them to tell me she's going to be fine. You know, I still need it, which is weird. Is that weird? Yeah, because I, I was unsure about the breakup and uh, about hurting someone, but constantly told that uh, she's going to be fine. I feel that we had something great, but I didn't make it great enough. You know, I was on the road constantly too much. Now I'm not at all. To the point I was on the road that uh, when I think of the clubs I was at while we had tough times i get like nauseous when i think of the comedy clubs i was traveling to and the towns and maybe some of the comics i was with during those tough times it just makes me sick and uh something i never did was set boundaries with people i was raised midwest irish catholic um and you're just like this empath who tries to please and bend over backwards until you snap and it could still happen or I just give people what they want, give what they want. And I, for, I don't forget, I just ignore what I want. But in this past relationship, I needed to say, like, hey, I need these hours to write and be more creative. And it may come in the middle of the night. So please, like, I don't love you any less. Let me be me a little bit here. But instead, I just kept it inside and exploded from time to time. But my friends are really good at helping me through this. I've bored them all with this stuff, man. My family, Lewis, Stacy, Henry Phillips, BK, my buddy Chris in New York, uh, my roommate Dave, Josh, Juanez, my landlord, the squirrel who hangs outside my patio. My laptop is like still, still with this breakup, like you're still hung up. But uh, I don't know. I was afraid to show my whole self, and that's probably not good to begin with. So I miss her, and it's hard. You break up with someone, they're on the market and free to go, and they have to move on. They have to survive, and you have to let them be. You made the decision. It's difficult for someone like me who hasn't made enough proactive decisions in their life, and uh, I can see getting good at it now, right? But I've taken some actions during this uh, COVID pandemic to go to get out and lead, which is good, and it's it's tough. I never realized, but... I never want to have to break up with someone like that again, you know. So to have to end a relationship with someone you love very much is so hard. Even if they get into something the next day, you know, it's their right. So I got on TikTok this past week. One of my friends cut the video together. She's great, and it looks great. Uh, it's Patrick Keen 8, and I'm having a ball. I actually just posted three videos. Um, but I was watching TikTok, man. Those videos are hilarious. Very resourceful people. It's like being at a swap meet. It's just a free-for-all of a opciones for comedy. Um, so I got two or three stand-up clips from the my dry bar special. And they got some great specials on there. Dave Burley, Karen Rontowski, Kellen Erskine, Josh Sneed, a bunch of others. I think Tommy Ryman's on there. 
So I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Certainty is out the window. That's the biggest thing is there's no certainty with this coronavirus. I mean, do we all move inland to the heart of the country or uh, to the coast where we can hit the sea and get away in case we need to? Is that a dog barking? Uh, No, we have to learn to live together. We're Americans. We can't. We can't. The heartland is like, don't move here. We're in here for a reason. I guess the coasts are saying that too. Very Christian of all of us, right? We need a third testament. Like, put it in the middle. A middle testament. Bridge this. So, I did a joke around uh, the holidays about Jesus having kids. About how it'd be funny if he had kids. And then at Christmas, they'd be like, can we open the gifts? And he's like, God, it's my birthday, (laughs) you know. Then his parents just want Chinese food and want to go to the movies. It's like, God, I'm just trying to keep everybody happy. Um, so yeah, wrapping up a series here. What did I do Netflix-wise this week? I watched uh, the Seinfeld. Are we already at 21 minutes? Okay, we got to fly here. I watched the Seinfeld special. It's really good, uh, fun. I don't know if it's because of my age group or if other people love it as much as I do, but I did. I had a good time with it. Um. Yeah, it's fun, simple, strong. Surprised at some of the people who liked it. A lot of my friends who are a little edgier were like, "I loved it, I loved it." So I was like, "Okay, maybe we're all getting older or what?" Um, I don't know if I would. There's some tough critics out there. I'll probably watch it again, actually. But uh, it's so funny how things change. You know, 20 years ago, 22 years ago, it went off the air. It seems like yesterday, and so much is different yet. Funny is still what matters. Refreshing, sane. He's so confident. Sometimes I'm like, was that a strong joke or is it just the confidence? Ah, it was a strong joke. Other Netflix, I'm watching. I'm still doing some Twilight Zone epies. Uh, it's great. That show, man, it takes you back. Late 50s, early 60s. doesn't take me back. I wasn't there. But a time before you, just before you, that's always fascinating, right? A time that occurred just before you. And... Uh, and then to see old people that are in their like seventies, but then then seventy was kind of old. You know, now it's seventies nothing, but then seventy was old. They were born in the eighteen hundreds. I mean, just some old classic actors and actresses, and stuff takes place in the past. It takes place in the future. It takes place in space. It takes place in the old west. It's Netflix, man. I'm glad uh, they have Twilight Zone. Some of the Twilight Zones are simple too. Some are dark as f, man but some are simple. Um, the one where the little boy controls everything in the town and he's this little monster. God, I, I, I almost hope they killed that kid after they shot that episode because nobody that good, nobody's that good of an actor at that age. Like he must really be evil. He's got to go. He's got to go. Um, uh, one was, I saw a recent one. Uh, it was like a, a parallel of Castro. It was a Central American regime takeover by guerrillas, and he has everyone on the uh, staff killed. And that would have never happened in the U.S., right? But uh, my favorite episode remains the one where it's the Old West, and it's a guy passing through town as a gunfight is about to go down between an old vet, old alcoholic that sobers up, and a young whippersnapper. And the whippersnapper is favorited in the... is. Uh, is favored in the fight. 
And for some reason, the guy passing through is the provider of the firearms, which is weird. He's selling guns. Man, I'm starting to see trippy stuff on my screen here. Um, he's selling guns or something, and both men procure a gun from this guy, and they're designed to fail. It's awesome. It's almost like Schindler's List when he produced those bullets that didn't that were harmless. The guns are um, are in a way they're created so that when they're drawn to kill the other guy, both guns fail in a way that damages both men's trigger fingers and makes it so they can never shoot again. It's just the greatest message and the greatest episode. And they live, and their pride is intact. Like, because they both tried. And the old guy gets it. The young guy's a little bummed, but the old guy's like, oh, cool, I can walk away. And neither of them lost face. It was a win-win. And just a guy going around the planet doing that. It was such a great episode, man. I loved it. It's called Mr. Denton on Doomsday. If you ever get a chance, Mr. Denton on Doomsday. But some of the Twilight Zones have happy endings. Some are still so terrifying. I can't imagine the late 50s and early 60s with these episodes, man. It must have blown people's minds. I mean, it blows your minds now, but this is like, you know, 15 years after World War II and after all that cookie-cutter stuff. I'm snorting. Okay. Um, anyway, great episodes. Okay, we got a few minutes left here. Sorry, guys. This is I'm a little out of it. 25 minutes. Okay. Um, we lost a lot of people this past week, man. A lot of people this past week. So let's go through this in memoriam section right quick. Uh, my eyes drive me crazy. Uh, former Detroit lawmaker Morris Hood III dies at age 54. He fought with the COVID, it looks like. Detroit has taken a lot, man. It's taken a lot on. Um, Stephen Cumbie's a good guy on Facebook. He's been... Uh, who I see a lot of these posts about Michigan with and Paul Jasek's good as well. He's in West Hollywood. These guys are very considerate. It's on top of it, man. Great souls. Great souls. But uh, it's amazing how uh, social media relationships develop, you know. Paul Jason, Paul Slater is one of my favorite Facebook posters. I don't think we've ever met. Anyway, okay, back to the desk. We lost uh, Martin Pascoe, animated series writer for Batman and Superman, Martin Pascoe. Uh, Mary Pratt, who was the influence for League of Their Own, she died at 101. Uh, my high school friend Monica Hobson had a funny post where she said, there is no crying in baseball unless it's today. That was sweet. What a reference. She's funny, man. But uh, Mary Pratt was a pitcher for the Rockford Peaches and the Kenesha, Illinois Comet. Is it Kenesha? Kenesha? I've heard that city. I've seen it on maps. The Kenesha Comets. Just amazing, man. That was Western Illinois. Seems like it was like Idaho or Oregon. But magical area. I love those areas. I think every place is magical, though. I, I loved the Cincinnati to Huntington, West Virginia drive I did once for a college gig. And uh, my buddy in Cincy, Josh Need, was like, You're crazy. What? But I loved I loved these drives in different areas I don't get to see. Maybe it's because I don't see them that they're a little more romantic to me. I love Western Illinois. I did uh, the Dubuque, Dubuque Comedy Festival, which is three hours west, right along the Mississippi, three hours west of Chicago. And I walked along um, the Mighty Mess, man. I saw some old steam engines, took a tour, countryside, but still close enough to Chicago. I always liked that area. It's got like a romantic spot for me, maybe because my, one of my grandpas is from Chicago. I don't know which one. That'd be funny. I don't know which one. Of course I do. My mom's dad. And uh, 
And I was there at an impressionable age when we lived in the Midwest. Um, we don't have a good enough train system in this country. I just think, feel like we have beautiful land with so much money and yet nothing. Nothing. Not nothing, but certainly not enough. You know, we it would be great if we had rail. Train ride I went on from Haver, Montana, Chicago once. We saw Charlie Chaplin. It was crazy. No, I'm kidding. Actually, we got off in Minot, North Dakota for a football game. But uh, I love that. Uh, I love that trail. Okay. Um, I don't know if that Mary character was Lori Petty or Gina Davis. Gina Davis had to wait her turn, man. Before League of Their Own and Thelma and Louise, she was in like Fletch, Family Ties, three-episode arc um, with a much shorter Michael J. Fox. She and Tom Hanks both had uh, Family Ties ties <laughs> connection, and then they did League of Their Own. I love Family Ties, man. I was the perfect age range for that as well. Living in Michigan, going to school in Ohio. Gina was also in Tootsie, which is crazy. What a cast that show was. Like, they needed more talent. I think she worked at the TV station was uh, on the crew there. You know, she was in the movie Hero with Chevy Chase, and uh, Chevy Chase, I think, was a peripheral in that because it was more uh, Dustin Hoffman and Andy Garcia, but Chevy Chase was like her under, like somebody that worked for her, which is crazy because a decade earlier, she was in Fletch. That's a trip, right? That was just 10 years. That does so much, man. She was married to Goldblum for a spell. Uh, who else? World War II veteran Walter Healing passed away. Man, those guys, they've seen some some action. Amy Stevens, 59, uh, brought the first ever trans case to the Supreme Court. Can you imagine the journey of being trans now as opposed to 20 or 30 years ago? How difficult is that, man? You're born into the sex that you don't align with. I don't know. I still have so much curiosity about this. I'm sure every single person tries to tell themselves no at first. Maybe not. Maybe some people are cool with it. They're like, yeah, I want to be a guy, but I was born as a girl. Yeah, just assume, man. Um, so write in, call in, fax. I used to get chicks fax numbers, man. They'd say, I'll just give you my phone number. I was like, no, nah, I'll fax you. Alan Davio, uh, E.T. cinematographer, dies at 77. He was a cinematographer on the movie E.T. Jeez, um, rest in peace, all you guys, man. Tough one here, Becker Cipher. But Melissa Etheridge's son by David Crosby Seaman died. 21, that's terrible. Hope the family's hanging in there. Brianna Taylor, woman shot in her own home. <clears throat> God, what's going on with shooting black people? My God, are we that trigger happy? It's one thing to shoot people like who are guilty of something, which is even then absurd in so many areas, but we're shooting innocent people. Still, it's insane. All right. Uh, I was in Louisville, Kentucky. My sister was born there, 28. Oh, Jesus. She was a 28-year-old EMT asleep in her own place. No warrant, police search. 20 rounds. She was hit eight times. Please put those officers in for life. Jesus. Uh, Tunisia's last moor gazelle dies. That species has gone extinct. Okay. Um, Bob Watson, ex-Yankees GM and Astro. He's a Costanza connection. He was a Yankee Astro guy. He was 74. He was in Bad News Bears uh, when they break training or something like that. When they play in Texas, he was the Astro that comes in the dugout. He's like, oh, man, come on, let him play. 
How is the Bad News Bears still so shitty in that sequel? I mean, they got... They came in second in the league in California, and then they got to go play in the Astrodome. And they send all the good baseball in Southern California, and they send the shitty team that needs a miracle to compete or win or whatever. But it didn't have... The sequel didn't have uh, Tatum O'Neill or Walter. Just, yeah. But uh, those old sweet... Astro unis, man. So many great throwbacks. 70s, 80s, 90s, 70s, and 80s. Um, Mikey at Dantana's. Mikey Godovac. Dantana's a staple bartender, staple restaurant in WeHo, Italian food. Great. He passed away. That sucks. Lynn Shelton, of course, died. Oh, man, this is so brutal. That's Mark Maron's uh, wife. She's a director at 56. That's so brutal. I'm just finding that out. Oh, okay. Um, Phyllis George, 70, NFL sportscaster, fantastic, 1970 Miss America. Fred Willard, um, of course, 86. Wow, phenomenal man. I worked at Kimmel and Fred Willard, and there's two groups of people. There's Fred Willard and the Trailer Park Boys, who I walked along Hollywood Boulevard with to shoot bits, and they got more attention and love than so many than most of the celebrities that I've been on Hollywood Boulevard with because they're accessible. I think they're comedy and people are like, Oh my God, people are so stoked. And I like, I've been on that sidewalk with, you know, your Tom Cruises, your, uh, and then that level of people, Reese Witherspoon, but, uh, who knows different, different people and different celebrities. They hold different places in our hearts. Right. So it's all right. Okay. Um, let's wrap this up with uh, my favorite tweets of the week. Conan O'Brien had a great one with, if Trump wins in November, will he blame everything on the first Trump administration? <laughs> That's funny because he blames so much on uh, everything that came before him. And I tweeted at him how good that was and asked if he was looking to get sh- uh, staffed. I was, like, you, I was like, isn't that funny? The guy asked. I'm like, are you looking to get staffed? So see how I made that tweet about me? Uh, but I God, I love that guy, man. Um... Every time Chad Daniels or Mary Mack is on uh, Conan, I get to go hang out. I only go when Minnesota people are on. So, uh, Brad Frazier, at Frazier underscore Brad, tweeted, uh, if an aging homosexual writer under quarantine buys a cherry pie on Monday and eats that pie over two days in four pieces, how fast will the emotional steam engine be traveling when, I, when it hits him? <laughs> That's funny. Um... Here's another one of my favorites. Um, I like to drink and do silly things online. I'm an under the influencer. Who wrote that one? I did. Uh, Raj Desai, at Raj Desai, tweeted um, R-A-J-D-E-S-A-I, my buddy from the Justin X show. Um, They're all buddies. Great, great staff. He tweeted, okay, peeps, need some help. Any reading suggestions? I want to read a book about a big red dog whose name starts with a C. Um, thank you in advance. God, he's funny, man. Raj and I did an open mic years ago. This is like 15 years ago, maybe more at the Silver Lake Lounge. It was a Friday afternoon show back in the day and it was still light out. And I mean, (laughs) I was at the bar facing him and then there was another guy. I was at the end of the bar, so kind of near the entrance. And then there was another guy facing the wall facing the alcohol so his shoulder back are to the stage to 
Raj, and he's not even listening. And like he's just this old piratey looking dude, and uh, his head is down on the bar. Which I don't know if they even let that happen anymore. I think they kick you out now. Depends on the bar, I suppose. But at one point during Raj's set, and it could have been anyone's set that was performing that day or night, this pirate guy lifts his head up and he's just like, "What's this guy even talking about?" <laughs> Oh, God, that's funny. Um, Chels Fitz at Mucktab, A, at sign, at M-U-K-T-A-B tweets, um, I still can't get over how Americans got just got tired of COVID and just decided it was over. That was pretty funny. Um, God, we hear different things and new cases are popping up of people who stayed at home and still gotten the COVID. Is that true? I don't know. Malibu Brennan, one of my favorites, Malibu Brennan, at Brennan Walsh. Yes, that's his name, Brennan Walsh tweeted i'm in a heap of trouble i thought they said to practice social piss dancing with a shrug emoji so damn funny i then had to forward that to matt foltron so we could have a good laugh brennan walsh is the finest thing to happen to social media stern is the king of all media brennan is the king of all social media several accounts one of his is ex-wife and child and they go at it. It's like uh, Phil Hendry level stuff. It's so funny. Um, Jill Marcos out of Tennessee, I believe. She tweeted, um, middle work, getting canceled left and right. I'm going to save so much money. Middle work is feature work. It's like when you go on between the MC and the headliner and you make break even money traveling the country. I've been doing it for a decade and a half. Um, but uh, that was pretty funny, I thought. All right. Um, so let's see. Let's take some emails here. Let me look at these emails and nothing. Okay, good on you. No emails. Uh, promote some upcoming gigs. Let me look at my calendar here. Uh, nothing. Not even a Zoom show on the calendar. Wow, man. Um, Keen of Comedy on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And uh, on TikTok, it's Patrick Keen 8, I believe. Is that what I said earlier? Patrick Keen 8, yeah. That's great. Don't don't get that changed. That's easy to remember, I'm sure. Um, social media plugs. Yeah, we did that. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. All right. So, yeah, three more months minimum. Yeah, crazy, right? So thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe via Spotify, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and Breaker. And there's more coming, I think. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podkicker, all the stuff. If you want to start a podcast, do it with Anchor. You know, if I can do it, anyone can. Can, can, can. Um, all right, guys, a little choppy this week, all over the place. Uh, I'm going to tighten it up for next week. I really appreciate listening and um, be good and stay alive. And uh, one breath at a time, one breath at a time, one day at a time, right? Because um, I, I get crazy and I'm like, God, we're all getting older, and to what end are we serving, you know? And, yeah, that's all. Wow. Thank you. Love you for listening. Bye.